Welcome to our time of devotion, coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We are delighted that you have joined us. Our scripture passage is a troubling parable told by Jesus. If you'd like to follow along, I'll be reading from Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. Hear now the word of God. Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, gracious and loving God, so that we might hear the word you intend for each of us on this day. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I'm sure that we have all received save-the-date notices for a wedding where the bride and groom hope that we will pencil them in as we wait for the official invitation. Well, in Matthew's time, they had a similar two-stage custom. However, the save-the-date notice was sent well in advance of the banquet it had an RSVP requesting both an acknowledgement and acceptance by the guest. Once the guests have given their word that they will attend, the host would get to work to prepare the feast. As soon as the preparations have been made, the host sends the invitation for the guests to come now. And here's where the conflict begins. The guests who have already said yes simply refuse to attend. The host patiently sends another group of servants to plead with the guests, hey guys, I've done all the work, I've killed the fatted calf and I have the most amazing spread of food ready for you. Please come to my table. This time, some of the invited guests simply ignore the servants and carry on with their ordinary tasks. And other guests murder the messengers. What is going on here? The king is now so enraged that he sends in an army to destroy all of the murderers and burn their city to the ground, which really is his city after all, since he is the king. Once the king has enacted revenge on the evildoers, he sends out another group of servants to all of the dark alleys 
and those living in the streets, and he instructs them to bring in everyone they can find, both the good and the bad. The invitation is no longer restricted to those who had accepted the previous invitation, but it is extended to all. This incidentally aligns with one of our core values at Church of the Palms, to welcome all. This parable concludes with a little problem. One of the guests at the party is not wearing the appropriate wedding attire. He has no explanation or defense, and so he is thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this, my friends, is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Um, no thank you? Commentators will say that this parable is an allegory. The king is representing God, and the son is, of course, Jesus. The wedding guests who agree to come are Israel. The wedding celebration is salvation or the messianic banquet. Israel refuses the final invitation delivered by both the first group of slaves, who are the Hebrew prophets, and the second group of slaves, who are the prophetic Christian missionaries. Likewise, the war that the king then wages upon the disobedient people while his dinner waits cannot be seen as a factual story. Now, it may help to know that the Gospel of Matthew was written after the Roman destruction of the temple in 70 CE. Most scholars see this as Matthew's retrospective view of the destruction of Jerusalem understood as a judgment on rebellious Israel who had rejected the Messiah. So just as we Christians might be breathing a little easier now, thinking Jesus is only talking about them and not us, we might need to take a closer look. Matthew is writing to followers of Jesus, followers like us. His invitation for all of us to the feast is an invitation to joy, both now and forevermore. And I'm curious what keeps us from accepting the real joy that is offered in Christ. Many of the guests weren't doing anything bad per se when they refused the final invitation. They were tending to their farm or their business, their livelihood. We can understand the need to do that. So it makes me wonder if this has more to do with our priorities and how we spend our time. It's not wrong or bad to work or to do our hobbies or to volunteer, but what is the most important thing in our lives? Do we have an active, engaging relationship with God? Have we prioritized the time and space necessary to be aware of God's heart? I believe that's the key to the joy-filled life to which God is inviting us, and we just don't want to miss it. I don't know about you, but I was also struck by the poor chap who was thrown into the outer darkness because of a fashion faux pas. The language Matthew uses of weeping and gnashing of teeth echoes the language often used for the Last Judgment. This little warning is for all of us insiders who believe we're in, by the grace of God, of course. But we are mistaken if we think that truth doesn't change our appearance or our actions. 
When we accept the invitation, we are expected to do more than just show up. We are to live lives that are clothed in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, a wedding robe, if you will. Now, if this seems overwhelming and impossible to do, do not be afraid. During this Advent season of angel encounters, we are reminded that with God, all things are possible. Let us pray. Emmanuel, envelop us in your loving presence that we might accept your invitation to a life of joy and of meaning as we accompany one another through the hills and valleys of life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.